Hey everyone. Hello, hello, and welcome to My Dish Dish. Dish. I'm Will. And I'm Mackenzie. And you are listening to our... Our 10th episode. Episode 10. Thank you so much for listening to all 10. Or if this is your first one, you can go to mydishdish.com and listen to the other 9.5 because there is a how to be extra on there as well. When Will and I concocted this crazy scheme, we said, I wonder if we can do 10 episodes. And here we we are. High five. You know, I mean, we set a goal and we did it. We did it. Before before our deadline. Before our deadline. You know what? Toast. Cheers. 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 And one of... Gotta drink that cheers. Sorry. The most exciting and cool things that we found in these 10 episodes is that we've only barely scratched the surface on dishware and people's attachment to it and the stories around it and people's stories about family and entertaining. So we're really excited to And of keep course, the drama. <laughs> drama about dishes. Yes. And so we're really excited to continue this journey. And today we have an extra special guest to help us continue the journey. Well, would you like to introduce our... Yes, I would. So this is a person that I have known going on four years, and she has been such a huge part of my life because she is my business partner, my nonprofit crazy starters founder person with me. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce you to Kim Buchero. With Kim, we have some other special guests. Would yes. you guys like to share who we have with us in the studio tonight? Well, I've got my two children, Lily and Nola. They're three and five pound teacup Yorkies. And then their bestie, Zoe. Zoe's here with me. I'm her dad. So Zoe and the girls, we have we are dubbing this episode the extra cute episode. Because we have three Yorkie cuteness eating off of dishes being a part of the entire podcast as well as the dinner tonight. We are three Yorkies deep here, guys. Yes. And they're adorable. You'll get to see, you can see the pictures of Nola Lily and Zoe on our website at mydishdish.com. Like Will said, they are enjoying our dinner off of these wonderful dishes that Kim brought. So speaking of those dishes, Kim, what did you bring? So I brought my non-China China, which is a (laughs) modern square um, glass plate with a little silver touch. Awesome. All right. So uh, as as Kim said, you know, this is our first non-porcelain plate, you know, that Kim uses as what you call it. This is your best China. Yeah. So when I entertain, this is is what I pull out. Wonderful. And this is what we're eating off of. Right. Today we're eating off, we're eating a main dish that Will is going to talk about in a second. We also plated a dessert, which looks really cool. And we plated a little treat for the pups. So there's a variety of photos of Kim's square glass china to look at on the website. Will, do you want to talk a little bit about what we what we ate tonight? Yeah, so we did a quinoa plate. Uh, or, so, you know, a quinoa bowl. You know, we usually say the quinoa <laughs> Will bowl. Will desperately wants it to be a bowl. I really wanted to say quinoa <laughs> bowl. But basically, think of it, folks, ladies and gentlemen, it's a protein bowl. So we had a nice base of cooked lentils in a curry, as well as cooked red quinoa. And then we diced red onions, red peppers, and we already had diced kale, and we threw that into a bowl, mixed together with some salt and balsamic vinegar, and it really evened out all the flavors all around with a nice crunch 
and everything was raw. So this is also our first vegan meal. Nice. And this was cool. The quinoa we did in the rice cooker, and they brought that done. And then the lentils we got from our friends at Blitz Kitchen. And so we'll put this dish together in about less under 10 minutes at, yes. like the with the cooked elements. And so it was really quick and, and neat to have that all come together. And it's this clean, modern dish that Kim felt was perfect on these clean, modern dishes. We now come to the section of the podcast called 30 30 Second Challenge, where one of us takes 30 seconds to describe the plate and sort of the series of plates. And today, Will has the honor of describing Kim's plates. And so I'm going to start the clock, and Will is going to give us his best 30 second description. Are you ready, sir? Oh, I am born ready. (laughs) Yes, you are absolutely born ready. On your mark, get set. Go. So I am looking at a square plate. So there are several different, I guess you could say, features of this plate where you have a, um, it's clear, but yet on the bottom, you have a frosted square within a clear square within a silver with a touch of green on the outline of the inner square. Um, It has definitely been pressed in the way, uh, and there's also a pattern in the pressing. So the plate itself, Man, I did not do a good job. Keep going. So, keep going. I'm going to keep going. So, again, you, know, you can see this kind of form where when they poured the glass into the mold, it had a pattern on the main frame of the plate with an indentation of a smaller square in the center of the plate, which allowed people to paint a nice silver tone in that center square. So, you've got frosted on the outside, frosted square then followed by a clear square, then a solid silver square in the middle. And that goes for all three sets. There is the smallest one, which is a small indentation, which we will get into a little bit later. So um, again, they all look the same, but actually, you know what? They have different patterns on each of the press plates. So I'm gonna take that back. So that was like a 90 second challenge. Yeah, it was 90 seconds, but that's what's fun. We may have to just change the format a little bit, right? Yeah. Description (laughs) of the plate. Go. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So as Will said, we've got three different sizes, a, a dinner plate size, a side plate size, and something that's much smaller. Uh, or that's sort of a mini plate size. All right, so we were able to describe the plates that Kim brought to us, and now we are going to go into the history. We have a little bit of history. So unlike the other plates we've looked at, there's not a stamping on the bottom. So we don't actually know the specific origin of these plates, um, but we did do a little digging into the square, the idea of the square plate, and the New York Times did an interesting little article in 2006 that gave us some background. So we, um, they have an article called Dinnerware with Corners, making a point where they were, that's the, that's the title, where they were talking about how square plates were showing up at all kinds of fine dining restaurants uh, across, across New York City. And they were talking about how square plates really do have meaning. They, they said it's the, the latest sign of of signifiers that lets diners know what sort of restaurant they're in, meaning square plates were originally associated with fancy-ass places to eat. Wow. Right? It indicates caliber or at least aspiration. A square plate is, is a design element that has nothing to do with flavor, but it raises the expectation for the food. It says you're about to be dazzled. And 
which is such an interesting comment because it really aligns with what Will talks about when he talks about white plates and plating the food. Right. And just like that, how do you make the food pop? You know, and it's like being able to display, you know, an elegant meal on these glass plates or not glass plates, but square plates. You know, I think that's fascinating that that's what signified fine dining back in the 90s. Well, and it signified sort of this this notion of, of an elevated experience right. too. It was gonna. It says to you, this is going to be a memorable a memorable meal. They talk a little bit about how the origins of the square dinner plate is. They're a little murky. There was talk of mid century Scandinavia or potentially mid century California, but the potentially the best story is that they came from Japan because the Japanese have uh, for a long, long time had a special rectangular plate for grilled fish. And so the notion is that the square plate arrived in the 80s when Asian fusion started to hit the U.S. You know, I'm going to go so, so obviously California, Japan. So like, That's let's, fair. I, I'm going to say Japan first and then it hit California and then someone from was visiting California from New York City and be like, hey, you know what? This is a great idea. Very possible. Uh, That's and my theory. The article also talks a little bit about how Limoges made their first square plate in 1995 at the request of an eccentric customer. So, and I added that just to to illustrate the point that these old, reputable ceramics companies also saw the value in, in the square plate. And it really is, it really became a, a trend in the late 90s and clearly into the 2000s because this article was written in 2006 and landed on our friend in, our, in the possession. possession of our friend Kim. And so, Kim, we would love you to tell us about how these plates made their way to you. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that, that timing's spot on because I think I got these plates around 2000. 2006. Interesting. So, yeah, they were. Did you contribute to this article? Is that I did. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you, oh, you, oh, were, you, were you the eccentric guest that requested <laughs> yeah. these in the 90s? And so these are Limoges. Is that yes. what you're saying? Yes. Okay. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is just a little, you know, mystery request. If you are that eccentric person who requested <laughs> these square plates, the Limoges square. Yeah, the Limoges square, email us, will at mydishdish.com. We'd love know. to hear from you. Yes. All right, Kim, how did the heck did you get these plates and why? Why are they special to you? Okay, so, yeah, these plates, they came from a friend of mine who at the time was actually my my boss and my mentor, and she had very fancy tastes, if you will, and very often she would get rid of things to make room for her new tastes, and so I, as the lowly, you know, young, young. starving 20-something <laughs> um, who had nothing was the grateful and gracious recipient of her hand-me-downs. And so that's how I obtained these, and I was so excited to have them. Classy hand-me-downs. Yeah. I like it. So I, as you tell this story, you tell it in sort of a, not an apologetic way, but in a way like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm the recipient of the hand But everyone is the recipient of hand-me-downs when it comes to dishes. That's sort yes. of like true. the yeah. ultimate so hand-me-down. Very excellent point. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you, you can't you can't feel bad about this because a like, dish came me down is actually like an elevated experience yes. as opposed to a yes. And I was so excited. I mean, I love them, and I couldn't figure out why on earth she would be getting rid of them. But I think now that you read the article from the New York Times, it, it's all coming together because she was super obsessed with the Asian flair. Interesting. So she, like her whole loft in Midtown Atlanta was decorated with that Asian look and she always played the Buddha bar song whenever I 
went over there. And so <laughs> I think she was getting rid of the Asian and I was just loving the Asian because again. Well, and that makes so much sense because with one of these plates, it looks like it would be for soy sauce. Absolutely. Like this, the indentation is perfect for just the right amount of soy sauce to be dipped your, to dip your sushi in yes. or your light fish or whatever. For your meal. Nice. And these are very flat plates. As much as Will wanted this to be a yeah. Buddha bowl. Yeah. The, these came flat. Yeah. And it, I, that's, it really accommodates the raw food, the fresh food, vegan food, anything saucy. It's going to just spill right off the edge. It doesn't have enough depth to accommodate that. So I think probably it was made for sushi. That's a really great, a great thought there. Right. I mean, because folks, when you see this on, on our website, at mydishdish.com. Um, you will see, like, <laughs> these plates, seriously, you cannot do anything besides solid food. Like, there's no liquid. Um, everything has to be um, so solid or not I, not even saucy. It has to be what's thicker than sauce. It's a... Viscous? Sure. <laughs> that. Let's go with a viscous. I think congealed, but that's congealed. Even <laughs> you know, it could be congealed. You could throw, you could throw a jello mold. Yeah, on yeah. There. Oh, you, oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Great for jello. <laughs> you could, you could jiggle it a little on the plate. That would be great. Yeah. Yes, but the, so as much as these are inherited or slash hand me downs, they are not from your family though. They're from a, a friend, and so talk a little bit about your family's relationship with plates and why these are yours versus another set yeah absolutely so my mom she had china when i was growing up and i always thought of china as something that you didn't use right it it, she had a china cabinet specifically for her plates and they were next to those little tiny salt and pepper shakers that like each person gets their own set and she only pulled them out at christmas and for thanksgiving and other than that oh that don't touch the china don't break the china (laughs) and so i always imagined china as being something that you you don't really use. And so when I when I received these and when I, I got them, I was so excited because these are usable plates to me and they, they felt elevated, they felt more elegant. So I felt like it was more of an event to have a dinner party using these plates, um, whereas China just didn't seem like you would actually ever touch them. So not practical. Like, so this had a practicality yeah, to it. practical but also elegant, whereas real China. And I, I thought about getting China a long time ago. I, I found this beautiful set at um, Paris on Ponce, which is now totally different than it was oh, 15 it years totally ago. Oh, it totally is. But, um, <clears throat> you know, I just, I never got it because I'm like, well, what am I going to do with it? You don't use China. You, you just store it and it looks pretty. But we want to change that, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. Yes. Will is on a crusade. Get your China out and use it. Tell us a little bit of how, about how you use this set and the other sets you have. So, yeah. So, I am somewhat of a minimalist um being involved with the microlife institute you know minimizing and downsizing is really important to me so my main dishes that i use day to day i have a set of six i I started with a set of four and i realized that you know i break them every once in a while and when they stop making them then i'll be in trouble so i I upgraded (laughs) to six or you could go to replacements limited but that's it (laughs) it's this website we found it's this big warehouse in north carolina where they have just just um catalogued dishes so people can just log on and buy one or two. It's, okay, it's fascinating. Cool. Well, yeah, so I've got a set of six. So anytime I have company over, I, I try to use these because they feel a little more special. I have seven when I started with eight, but something mm-hmm. happened. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, I lost one of each. I thought it was kind of funny. I was counting them when I came over today because I was curious how many I had. And I 
seven of each, so I've broken one of each. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> if I have more than six people over, I have to use these because mm-hmm. I only have six of my normal place settings. And then total, I only have 13, so that's my max capacity, but I have a, a small place anyhow, so that's about as many people <laughs> I can squeeze in. That's so. perfect. And I love it. Also, you know, because I know you're a vegetarian yes. and sometimes practicing vegan, and what type of food, you know, because I know, because people always are afraid of vegetarian and vegan food, but like I know you and I have gone out to several restaurants and cooked stuff ourselves and it is fantastic. Like being able to be creative in the kitchen with vegetables and just vegetarian options. So I'm just curious, like what, what's your kind of go-to recipe or what, what would you serve on these plates? Oh, that's such a hard question. I mean, anything other than something saucy, really. I mean, <laughs> Not spaghetti. Not yeah. spaghetti, yeah. I mean, you could do spaghetti. You could do spaghetti. Just, you know, like a really thick cut marinara, yeah, yeah. you know, no cream sauce, but you know, I'm not into that anyhow. Um, what was the, uh, when I went to your birthday party last year, you made like a casserole or something. And I, I can't made a remember. vegan quiche. That's Ooh. what it was. Yeah. No, it's, I make it all the time. It's really good. There's a product called, um, what is it? Eggs. Vegan eggs. I can't believe it's not yeah, eggs. Yeah, it's vegan <laughs> eggs. And so it's like a really great consistency. And so you, you can make a great quiche out of it. Super easy. And you just do a quiche crust with you know, either coconut um, oil or just a vegan butter instead of your regular butter as the base. And super easy. It's nice. And, and then just throw in the normal yeah. things like a, a yeah. sausage. Asparagus. And, yeah. Or, yeah, a you sausage. can throw in a sausage if you want. <laughs> kind of give me a tummy ache because I try not to eat the fake meats. Okay. But, you know, any, any sort of veggies, maybe some some sautéed onions, sautéed kale, okay. sautéed asparagus. And so we may have not mentioned this earlier, but these square plates are, are actually, gl- I guess we'll did it in the 30 second challenge, but they are glass yeah. with a painted bottom underneath. Um, and Kim, talk a little bit about how you take care of these and how you wash them yeah. and how they've worn. Yeah. So some of my plates, which I did not bring today, they haven't worn as well. And that's because there's the, the silver plating on the back. And so you definitely cannot, like any China, you cannot put these in the dishwasher. You've got to hand wash them. Um, and I recommend not using harsh soaps. Probably, I don't know how you care for normal china, but I think the ones that are that are wearing, you can kind of see through the silver, and it looks almost patinaed because it was either scrubbed too hard or maybe the detergent um, cut through it. So eventually, they'll all be patinaed, and it'll look intentional. But right now, just half of them are. Well, and I really I like that you're you sort of have a, a future for them. This notion of there was a moment when they were pristine, and now you're in in between where half are used patina and, yeah. and half are pristine and but there is a time in the future where there will all have a little bit of wear and that is something that you're actually looking forward to yeah, like absolutely. the wear is going to to the consistent wear across all your whole set is is going to be a thing and that speaks to i think the longevity of these pieces and do you feel like your these will be pieces that you hang on to for a long time i think so i mean I don't know why I would get rid of them. I'm all about, you know, keeping things, reusing things. And, you know, I just, I love these dishes. They've been kind of a part of my entertaining and I don't have a need to replace them. So unless I just have a wild party and they all happen to break like, oh, bye. You know, like the- <laughs> little, do a little break party. Do a break like party, just yeah. dance on the ground. Break, yeah. Yeah, they're tempered though. So I think you'd probably have to throw out really hard at night. <laughs> Yeah, these are really, I mean, these are strong like feeling. shrapnel. Yeah. yeah. You know. I don't know how I broke the first three, so. So you had ten. 
No. Oh, I, no. Sorry. Sorry. That's right. That's yeah, right. That's right. I, I had eight. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, you mentioned a little bit of kind of what we do on our on our day day to day. And you yes. mentioned the Microlife Institute. Which Will and Kim have not only... Are they founders? But they're also they're what we're, I'm not only a, the president. I'm also a client. Yes, Is that what, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, kind of like that. So basically, our uh, we started off as Tiny House Atlanta, and we realized there was a need for more housing advocacy of the micro built environment. And in this... What is the micro-built environment? Sorry. The micro-built environment for us, we define it as spaces as small as 250 square feet or 200 square feet, basically, up to the missing middle 1,500 square feet. So essentially, it's either my living room or the two rooms attached. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The studio. The studio. We're in a, we're in a tiny yeah. house, like sort of. most spaces in yeah. New York City. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So. So, um, so a lot goes with that. It's not just housing advocacy. It's educating about people about lifestyles and downsizing and minimalism. So people don't realize that it is a process to let go of things or change that aspect of their life. I feel like Maria Kondo really brought that Ma- to the Marie, surface. <laughs> yeah, Maria Kondo opened Pandora's box of downsizing. But it doesn't mean you can't have nice things. Exactly. So say more about that. Yeah, so I mean, I the have queen of the things. of down, of uh, the tiny house. Yeah, I mean, I think it's about having the things that you really appreciate and you really use and you really love. So I think when I was going through one of my first downsizing processes, I had two other sets of plates. One was this. Now looking back, it's horrendous, like a black and green kind of striated, super Asian round plate. The Asian plates are yeah, a thing. I like plates. it. Got rid of those because you know who needs three sets of plates and then the other were these you only eat so much sushi is that what you're saying yeah like I I live by myself (laughs) I don't have too many friends I have very close friends so normally when I have gatherings it's four or less so really who needs three sets of plates and I always had those thinking oh if I have like 20 people over which never happens I'll have all of these plates or if I'm super lazy and I don't run the dishwasher or hand wash and to your point it's always that process of thinking something might happen, right. which causes clutter. Yeah, interesting. So he's like, like they, the fear. No, it's not necessarily a fear. It's okay. just like I might need this tomorrow, so I'm gonna keep it. Right, the fear that you're not gonna have what you need. Exactly. Right. Instead of like you know, even or anticipation, though anticipation, maybe that's, yeah, maybe it's anticipation. It's the idea, okay. like you know. But we did talk about you know in one of our episodes. I think it was the last one. Um, you know, with Amanda about. You know, he or she is entertaining 10, 20, 40, 50 people in her house, and she has china for all of it. Oh, wow. And, but to us, like, you know, if we were gonna have that many people, well, yeah, but if that many people were coming over to your house, paper plates. Like, you kind of go there. Mm. To your point, though, Amanda also got what she needed when she needed it. Yes. Like, it wasn't until they realized, then they were doing these community dinners, until they realized that Mm. they needed 50 place settings that they went to the secondhand shop and and got them. I respect that because now she's not putting that trash into the landfill or into the recycling process, which who knows what's happening with plastic. So I I think that's great. I'm super excited about reusable plates. And, well, the whole idea about, you know, to, to what you said about Amanda saying, you know what, we need to go get that. So it was important to them right. to continue with an actual dish versus saying we need things to serve for 50 people. Right. We want 
the people to feel loved or an elevated experience by actually having, even if it is found in a consignment store and it was a dollar for a set of 50, it was still the thought of saying, we need this to complete yeah. this it's idea. It's very intentional. It's very intentional, which goes back to downsizing. Yeah, and, you, you know? and when you live in a small space, whether it's a 180 square foot tiny house on wheels, or if it's your 700 square foot condo, you have to be intentional about what you own or else you're just going to feel like my mother who lives in a 700 square foot condo with five curios filled with crap everywhere. You just feel like a crazy person. <laughs> hey, so. Cheryl. How are you? Hey, Mom. <laughs> Shut up. I love you. So is this, would you say that this is sort of your antithesis to that? Like clear, clean? Probably. <laughs> Everything in my life is my antithesis to what my mom did. Yeah. My, hey, mine mine was as you. well. I mean, my mother didn't keep any of like any family heirloom stuff and here I am not only talking about other people's heirlooms but talk, keeping one plate that's now becoming six plates that's be, you know, so yeah, it's, it's growing we definitely do these swing things yeah. from our parents um, and so this is yours is beautiful thank you yes so the but to Kim's point of quality versus quantity you know going back to being in the tiny space micro living you know i you know and, and that's why i have my china like I, I i want it so something else about if this is important to you mm-hmm. then you need to say it out loud and then go do it and have it um now obviously if you're wanting to downsize you need to basically list off what's more important you know are do you like to cook or do you like to shop you know like what what is in your life and more important and then you're able to build your closet your kitchen and your surroundings to illustrate that but also you know one in one out if you buy something you get rid of something because you just can't keep packing it in yeah. well and then i would say also just kind of going out on a limb you just can't take it too seriously you know yeah. at the end of the day we're gonna die and our kids are you know or my dogs who don't have the ability to make decisions like that they're gonna throw it out you know so at the end of the day it's just stuff if it brings you joy if it you know whole Marie condo thing if it makes you happy if it serves your purpose awesome but at the end of the day it's just stuff and it's not going to make or break the world so actually i kind of want to go back to you remembering interactions with china china patterns like your mom's china pattern do you remember what it looked like i do so it was it's actually beautiful like as a kid i was like oh it's so ugly because you know you're a child you don't have a appreciation but it was a beautiful white china with silver and gray kind of floral pattern with a a single silver I mean it's funny that I can like picture it clearly in my mind but with a silver ring around the edge and you know bevels just you know your typical china I think it was nice it was I'm Mm -hmm. sure was it her wedding china yeah it was her wedding china yeah that was what they did yeah so Mm -hmm. it was her wedding china she had the wedding silverware that went with it that wasn't polished so it ended up turn you know tarnishing and just impractical, but beautiful. Yeah. I mean, the whole point of silver is you need to use it so it doesn't tarnish. So right. it's kind of funny yeah, it's that set we in its special little <laughs> box exactly. in the bottom of yeah. the hutch or whatever you call it. And yeah, we only pulled it out in the holidays. And we, yeah. Do you remember what food was put on it? I mean, mostly, you know, the holiday food. So, mm-hmm. so turkey. Yeah. yeah, like we're like uber Christians or whatever we pretend to be. Um, 
<laughs> so, you know, like the turkey for the birth of Jesus in December when actually it was in July. And, um, <laughs> not that we're going religious. Yeah, folks. I mean, Jesus, I think, was actually a We're going anti religious. We're going anti religious. <laughs> it's okay. But you know, we like want to talk about your China pattern. The mashed potatoes, you know, yes. the gravy, the green bean, casserole. Right. All of the typical, like our. Our Christmas and Thanksgiving actually were like the same exact meals. It would just be you exchange the ham for the turkey, depending on which year it was. But everything else was the same. It was good. <laughs> so I guess also I wanted uh, one more kind of pulling it back to the Asian flair. Yeah, none of those things would work on this plate, by the way. What? I can't eat any of those things because right. I'm a vegetarian, and none of them would work here. That is true. So you basically were just eating the mashed potatoes and green bean casserole. Well, I couldn't eat the green bean casserole because she hadn't figured out that it was made with chicken, um, cream of chicken soup. Ah, Eventually, right. she figured out the cream of mushroom I would ah. eat. But yeah, I mean, I couldn't eat the stuffing, so basically mashed potatoes and I would make myself a meal. Interesting. I also want to add that the New York Times article says... Other foods don't look so good. To serve a familiar dish like roast chicken and mashed potatoes <laughs> on a square plate feels like overkill. Yeah, not good. So definitely different polarities with you yeah. and yeah, with your China and your mom's China. Yeah, yeah. I'm a vegetarian. It probably wouldn't work for a metasaurus, but... Well, great. Asian-inspired. Asian-inspired vegetarian <laughs> meals on square plates, ladies and gentlemen. That's what we've come to. There's, it's a whole range. It's a whole range of options. So, oh. ladies and gentlemen, this has been an amazing episode, our 10th. Kim, thank you so much for joining us. Yes. Thank and you thank you to us. the pups who have been very, very well behaved. And uh, well, Zoe. well, <laughs> Zoe, yeah, Zoe's a barker. Um, we also, before we go, we would like to put out a this square plate mystery challenge. So, folks, if you have this design, email us at Mackenzie at mydishdish.com or Will at mydishdish.com or both of us at the same time, um, and let us know wh- where you got it, who sold it, and we'd love to tell our listeners where where it's from. Yes, and you can also find out. Um, pictures and other information about the plate the information we have about the plates pictures of the plating pictures of of our cute faces at mydishdish.com we're also have an instagram account that we are posting things on yes so if you just go to find us follow us on mydishdish um on instagram as well as uh like us on facebook nice and we've pushed out the first season to include another 15 episodes which will uh, roll out in the next few weeks that we're very excited about. So stay tuned and we will have more stories about dishes across the board. Dishes and wishes for the next 15 episodes. <laughs> dishes and wishes might stick. Dishes and wishes, ladies and gentlemen. Dishes and wishes. I'm Will. I'm Mackenzie. Thank you so much for listening to My, My Dish Dish. dish. Good night. <laughs>